from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Podcast episode 270, Cobra Special Missions. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Grub. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, this is a actually part of, I mentioned it, I think, in the last episode. And Grub, you can remind me if, if I did or not because um, you listened to the episode more recently than I edited it. Um, I literally listened to it this morning. <laughs> they, uh, there's a, a special thing out there right now from a group. They, they're calling this Cobra Convergence. So it's basically... G.I. Joe podcasts and YouTube channels and everything else, uh, are in this month, in the month of July, are doing Cobra focused, uh, episodes. And they reached out to me and said, Hey, would you want to do an episode? And I was like, sure. And then they're like, okay, what date would you like? And I kind of pushed it out because I didn't, I wanted to have enough time to prepare. And then, of course, then it snuck up on me and I'm like, holy shit, we have to do an episode. Uh, so. <laughs> So I'm glad that I'm glad Eric, you were available to do this episode. We're like peekaboo, right? Exactly. So, uh, so I'll be editing this quickly because it has to be out on the 23rd. That's that was my date. So, um, so I'll be editing this tomorrow actually to get it, make sure it's out on Saturday. Um, so yeah, what the hell Cobra Convergence was at first? I'm like, is this a response to Yojo June? Like what? I guess yeah, I don't know, but it was yeah, it was based. I'm trying to remember who organized it, but it was basically like. Hey, everything's so focused on GI Joe. Let let's do something that's focused on Cobra, and uh, it it made for interesting things. Well, one of the thing, and then one of the things I oh, it was Hooded Cobra Commander that put this together. So, um, on Twitter, so Hooded Cobra Commander seven eighty eight is who it is. Um, but yeah, he got like a whole group together, and there's like over well over thirty to forty different shows that are doing something this month. And, uh, you could say what you wanted, what your show is going to be about so they could kind of have some ideas. So I just made up something and then I was like, oh yeah, I wanted to do that. So, <laughs> so I was like, I'll do a, we're going to do a special missions episode 
uh, where we'll pick teams to go on uh, of Cobra agents to go on on special missions. And then all of a sudden I was like, is that too ambitious? I don't know how that would even work. Like I just kind of made it up on the fly. And then, and then I actually came together with an idea and I don't know if it'll be fun or not, but we'll give it a try. Um, so, but before we get into that, you've been a little busy. You've had a, a couple things that you've gone to. Um, uh, and I thought you'd like to share that, share that with the audience. Oh, cause I think, um, last time I was on celebration hadn't happened or was happening with like in a month. So yeah, there was Star Wars celebration. Um, I guess in Christ was June now at this point. I can't even, okay. my brain is fried. Um, so yeah, we went out to California for that. Um, and, uh, you know, they knocked it down to four days again, as opposed to the last one in Chicago in 2019 being five days. Okay. Like a trade show. Yeah. Um, I also had a bit of a different experience this time because of, uh, I basically had an exhibitor badge all weekend, um, because of the DC Star Wars Collectors Club. Oh, okay. Um, uh, which was nice because basically I could come and go whenever I wanted to. Um, and, uh, it gave me some interesting experiences, but, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the show was inter was, I, I didn't see a single panel. Um, I, they also had this thing called like the Mandalorian experience, but they were doing everything through an app and you had to have like, especially with the Mandalorian experience, man, they, it went live every day and then everyone had assigned times and that was it. Like you couldn't just walk up and go in. You couldn't just sit there and wait if you wanted to. And I never, I never got lucky and got one of the damn times to go in. And apparently it was pretty badass. Wow. Um, I guess if you really wanted to look it up, I, um, I heard a lot of stories, saw a lot of videos and (laughs) photos and stuff. But if you just look up the Mandalorian experience at celebration, Anaheim. I'll have to check that out. Sure, you'll find lots. Um, the, the, I also didn't really have a lot of autographs this time. I had, uh, I think I had two. Okay. Usually I hit the off ball pretty hard, but, uh, I, I, no, I'm sorry, I had three. But most of the people there were, I really didn't care or I already had. So I got a, there was an Ewok, lady who was an Ewok who apparently works at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland in Anaheim. Oh, wow. As well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so somebody who was in Return of the Jedi also works at Disneyland. I was like, oh, that's that, funny. That is pretty um, cool, yeah. Ian McDiarmid, because I needed him to sign my original trilogy poster, and the big one was Ewan McGregor. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to say, Ian McDiarmid wasn't a big one. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess compared yeah, to Ewan McGregor, like, sure. <laughs> but the fact that Ewan did a convention let alone a star wars convention was right oh yeah that's a big deal for sure and you know plus my son being named after him sure not because of star wars it's because of moulin rouge and train spotting but we'll say star wars but (laughs) the name ends up uh, but it's funny because my kid does not believe didn't believe that anybody else on the planet was named ewan he thought he was the only one Mm. um and so I got my autograph with him on Friday and, uh, you know, they had it all like mass, blah, 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 you know, all this, they had rules you had to follow when you got in the line, okay. all these things. And it was, you know, it was pretty much a, um, 
you had maybe 10, 15 seconds with him and then sure. off it was a production line. And I kind of expected that, but sure. it was kind of cool because I walked up with a friend of mine that was in line with me. He's like, you're the only damn person at the Star Wars convention that's got a poster for train spotting for somebody to sign. And there was a, there was a, a Brit that was in line next to us. And he goes, Hey, that movie's a damn national treasure. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take your word for that, but I really <laughs> like this movie. Um, so I got up to, uh, I got, you know, my time came up. I got up there. He looked at the post and went, Oh, cool. Train spotting. And, um, so I said, yeah, I was like, um, I was like, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't mean to weird you out, but the wife and I named my son after our son after you. And he was, Oh, he's like, oh, that's sweet. And I go, yeah, he also doesn't believe that anybody else on the planet is named Ewan. And he started <laughs> laughing. How old is he? And I went, oh, he's about six and a half. And he goes, when you see him, give him a hug from me, for for me. I was like, ah. <laughs> um, but every single, I mean, so, so, I mean, yeah, that was my, you know, basically my, my interchange with him. And everybody that I know who, either did the photo op or autograph or ran into him um, some other way had positive experiences. Uh, and he honest to God, every time I saw him, like he would come out on the one they had a, what they called the live stage, which was basically right next to where the autographs were mm-hmm. came out unannounced a couple of times out there. And I mean, he just, he looked like he was having like just a grand old time. That's awesome. And he looked like he was really enjoying himself. And um, I wonder if that'll make him do it again. Well, he's I know he's 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 on the docket to do a couple more shows in the states. Okay. Uh, some of the bigger things like fan expos and, and aces and and things like that. Um, and uh, so I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was cool. That was, I guess I couldn't have asked for a much better experience than that. Other sure. than you know, had my son been with me. <laughs> right. That or you like you go out to dinner or something like that with him. <laughs> yeah. That could be a cool experience. Uh, too. But yeah, that's there's awesome. There's a Star Wars. He does a lot. Have you ever heard of Norse Legion? Okay. This guy, Kevin Lyle, he lives up in Connecticut, but he's, you know, he's, he's an official LFL artist and all these things. But, um, I know him pretty well. We were talking, he's going to get to interview him at, uh, something in, um, in Boston coming up here real soon. Or not Boston, San Antonio, uh, in Texas, uh, some card and comic show or something that they're bringing in a bunch of guests. And so he's real excited to get the interview. I'm like, you suck, Kevin. But, <laughs> uh, I also had a couple of run-ins with other, because of with the exhibitor badge, where we were parking was the exhibitor parking garage, which sure. was the door we had to go in and out of was the door that all the celebrity guests were being shuttled to and from. Oh. Um, so we'd be leaving in the, at the end of the day and we're leaving on, I think it was Saturday. Um, and my friend and I are, we walk out the door and there's a big old van and there's, uh, um, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. So you don't know who that is. Moff Gideon in, in slash. He was breaking bad, but I assume most people know who are listening is probably know who Giancarlo. Yeah. Um, he was another guy that I saw having just a ton of fun with people when they were coming to get his autograph. But was there any reason you, with. was there any reason you weren't looking to get him or was it just, you don't really have anything related to, I don't, I don't do the man. It's all well and dandy, but I just gotcha. I, I, I decided not to go down the road. You don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. I already do it with enough things. I don't right. need to do it with that. Well, you only have like 20, 
5,000 things you collect on. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, so he's out there just talking with some other people. And, you know, we walk around the corner and my friend goes, Oh, look, it's Giancarlo. And he, he, he clearly heard us. So he stops talking, looks up and goes, Hey guys, how you doing? And we're like, Hi, Mr. Esposito. Just kind of wave at him. We keep walking. And he goes, and we're like, have a good one. He's like, you guys do. And then he turned around and went back to talking and we're just like, okay, that really happened. All right, cool. <laughs> that was cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, otherwise, show-wise, I think the show was fun. It's a little weird. I felt like there was a lot of space on the show floor that um, that could have been filled up with stuff, but I don't know if they really knew what to expect with sure. COVID and this and that and everything and rules and regs and you know every rule and right that was being put in place was the convention itself. It yeah. had nothing to do with the convention center, the city, the state, none of that. It was purely the Reed Pop who runs the convention was making those decisions. Gotcha. Um, I also did have a couple of run-ins with, uh, with YouTuber, with a couple of YouTubers, which weirdly, um, for anybody who watches, uh, the Foosh on mm-hmm. YouTube, mm-hmm. I ran into Robo, who does the weekly Foosh cast, um, okay. first at Disneyland. Oh, jeez. In Galaxy's Edge. Like I'm sitting there, my mom and myself and, and my kid were, were getting some food. And I'm sitting at a table waiting for her to come with the food. And um, I look up and I see this guy that looks like Robo. And he's looking around with his camera, like taking in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, what? So I run up and I go, excuse me, are you Robo from Fushi? He goes, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so we talked a little bit, but he was working the, the Dorkside Toys uh, booth at the convention. So I spent several hours that entire weekend just talking to him. Um, and he is exactly the guy you see. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> when you watch the Foosh cast, when you watch that weekly cast, I yeah. mean, I, it, it was, it was cool. Cause you know, he was excited to be there and he was just a fun guy to talk to. And if you ever get a chance to meet him, I suggest you go up and say hi. He seemed to be very nice to me at least. That's awesome. And there were a couple of other, uh, there's the Disneyland YouTuber, that I ran into in the convention, but he wasn't recording. And there's another guy who does some Disney stuff, but he does a lot of like travel kind of like, I don't know how to explain what he does exactly. Um, but he was recording and I had a hands full of food and I go, Oh shit, Adam the woo. When he was in the middle of recording <laughs> and he kind of pushed the camera down slowly. And I went, Oh God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your, your thing. He's like, no, no, it's okay. And so we talked for a few minutes, but uh, it was kind of neat to run in some people that I watch online. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's very cool. Well, and then yeah. you you also met up with uh, Scott Kruger from Sarlacc yes, Digest Scott and uh, a, a bunch of the uh, the Sarlacc guys. Yeah. Um, fuck, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is a lot <laughs> that's of them. The problem. Like, I like the podcast, but I can't keep track. Of something like, yeah. I don't know who's who. <laughs> I know. Well, and they're all they're all West Coast, so like also yeah, they all live in the L.A. area. Yeah, so I I love watching their stuff. I love watching their show live, and I try to par- stay up and participate. But then there's just some nights where I'm like, I'm not gonna make it. Um, like like they start at eleven, which is totally fine. Yeah, but that's that's uh wait eleven our time or eleven, 11 our eleven our time. Okay. So yeah, well, yeah eight, a- eight o'clock their time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, eleven o'clock our time, and which isn't too bad for me. Um, but then there's some nights where I'm just like. I know I'm not because I know they're going to do an episode for like an hour to an hour and a half, somewhere in that range. And I'm like, okay, is tonight one of the nights I can be up till like 
mid, midnight, 1230, and some nights it, um, I can't. <laughs> or at least the Wednesday nights sometimes when they're recording. But there are nights when I, I make sure to, to be around and, and, cause I love, I love throwing my little comments into there and, and seeing if, if they notice them and, and respond to them and stuff. So it's fun I mean, when you get to interact with the show. So it was cool to meet Scott in person finally. Yeah. And talk to him for a bit or well, for a lot. Um, yeah. I feel like Scott and I would be like best friends if we lived closer to each other. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And like the rest of the guys, I'm sorry if I forget all their names, if they happen to listen to this. Yeah. There's, uh, there's Chris and Marcos and, uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, they were all Ernie, hanging out together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they all had their t-shirts and stuff on. So it yeah. was cool. You know, talk to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, I think that's really about it. Like the next one is next year in London, which God, I want to go, but it's just not in the cards. Yeah. Um, I mean, plus like the wife and the kid don't have passports, so they couldn't go anyway. Yeah. Uh, and the wife once told me once, like, if I'm, I'm not going to England just to go to a fucking convention. <laughs> Okay, well, you can do some sites. I'm a little. Yeah. You can do like, the site stuff. But... Like the convention doesn't have to be the whole trip. We could, we can, that could oh, just be one part of the trip. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't been to England since uh, 98, I believe it was. I was, was there, I was there once for my 10 year anniversary. So that it's been over a decade or about, yeah, a little over a decade now. Yeah, I mean, I, I desperately want to go back because the wife and I are both Anglophiles. So it's. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a it's a fantastic place. I recommend it to anyone to go there. I mean, it's it it's a beautiful place. It's just obviously costly and and everything else. So, um, and the people are at least our experience when we were there, the people were super nice, uh, super helpful. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a great great place to go to. I, I would go back in a heartbeat. So, I mean, the celebration was fun. Um... I don't know where the next one in the states. My guess is probably some either Orlando or Chicago again next time. Okay. Uh, whenever they do it in the states, which that's fine. Either yeah. Way. Uh, hey, if they do it in Chicago, that that could be a definite possibility for me. So. Well, the nice thing about Chicago is because it's more centrally located in the U.S. Right. A lot more people from various places could make it there because it was a hell of a lot easier to get there than yeah. Yeah. flying across the country. Yeah. It's uh, like about an eight-hour drive for me or something like that. So. Mm. Makes it much more. Feasible for me. Understandable. Yeah. It's only like a two hour, two and a half hour flight or something for me, yeah. as opposed to like six to eight hours worth of flying. Plus well, and, and if it ends up being Chicago, you could just drive to my house and then I'll drive us out there. And this way it's eight hours of not driving by myself. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk if that happens. So. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it'll be Orlando. Cause I know they like the, I just really, I really want to go, and I, I just, and I know you have offered before. I know you have offered me multiple times, so it's, it's no one's fault but my own. But yeah, the, it's definitely on the bucket list of things to do. So it, we usually do that. Well, Anaheim's different because I stay at my parents' house. Sure, right, yeah, yeah. Orlando, Chicago, it's usually a uh, pile a bunch of people into a hotel room situation. Right, yeah, which <laughs> I've done that many times, so I'm familiar with that. <laughs> so. And then, uh, you did a, uh, you went to a toy show also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, Maryland finally has a, they finally, it's called the, this was the first year, the Maryland Toy Fair. Okay. They did it at the state fairgrounds right outside Baltimore. And 
It, I'm honestly, I expected it to be bigger than it was. Okay. Um, but I don't know too if I've just been spoiled by looking at watching like Pixel Dan or sure Ed's Retro Geek Out, some of these other toy guys online, uh, and they go to some of these things and they're like in these massive, massive places. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, it was neat. Uh, the only thing is, man, the prices like were insane, and I don't know it. I. I guess that shows you maybe the stat, the state that nostalgia collecting is at right now. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not paying a hundred dollars for a fucking GI Joe three and three quarter that, Oh, it's got all of his weapons. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. Not worth a hundred dollars. <laughs> not It's in a baggie. No. Right. No, 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 no. And it was, I was seeing prices, you know, maybe not quite that high, but you know, routinely $75, $80 for things. And I'm like, you know, at most I'd be paying $45, $50 for this. Right. Um, and it was just, it was crazy town. I could not believe how expensive everything was. Yeah. I mean, the, the show was packed. I assume people made their money. Right. Uh, but I'm like, fuck you. Like yeah, I, yeah. I watched a guy buy a... There was a, a guy who had uh, a terror drum, uh, and with box, it was missing a couple of pieces, not 100% complete. And he bought that and a G.I. Joe HQ. And I think the terror drum alone was $800, and I think the HQ was 400 Wow. And I'm like, and, and he's just like, dudes are just dropping money left and right. And I'm like, Whew, this is not a poor man's game to be in. Here. No, and then that's the thing. Like, I would love a, um, a GI Joe headquarters, uh, but yeah, I'm not paying four hundred dollars for it. <laughs> I just want it as display piece. It's not four hundred dollars worth of a display piece for me. <laughs> so, what I just, I mean, I collect stuff, but not like I'm not that kind. Of, I'm not. I'm not crazy and like that. Like, I mean. You know, I, there's a bunch of guys that listen to this that I know are, you know, they're the hardcore comic or toy or whatever. And that's great. You do you, but yeah. I don't, I don't have that kind of desire. And I look at this stuff and I'm like, fuck me. Like, right. And if this is something that you do, I hope you got into this a long time ago. Right. And, uh, and didn't just start now during the pandemic yeah. because yeah. I have to assume that prices have been driven up because of that where everyone's stuck at home and like, they want to be surrounded by stuff that makes them happy. And oh, prices definitely went up because of the pandemic. We I mean, were I know at, that was happening with comics and cars, yeah. like trading yeah. cars. No, it was happening with everything. Like uh, uh, some of the other guys that you know that I text with every day, uh, Chuck and uh, Travis and and uh, Rock and Sam, um, who have all been on the show. But uh, they, yeah, we were talking about it at the time. We're like, oh my god, like prices on everything have gone insane and rock started selling a bunch of his vintage stuff because of it. He's just like, I don't really need to keep it if they're selling at this price. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the money, right? Build a pool in my backyard. That's my exactly backyard. what he did. Exactly. <laughs> so I would too, if I could. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And that, that pool looks amazing. So it's totally worth the selling of the action figures. <laughs> pool party rocks. Not right. that yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure that'll happen at some point. The prices, I mean, I, you know, and I also wasn't really sure what I was going to see. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I assumed a lot of 
G.I. Joe and Star Wars and Transformers and sure. so forth and so on. Um, but it really definitely seemed to be, I mean, a shit ton of Star Wars. There was G.I. Joe, but not quite as much as I expected. Um, a lot of Transformers. Um, and then just a lot of random, uh, a lot, you know, some video games, a couple of comics. Um, but it, it really seemed to be incredibly heavy with Star Wars. I was, didn't quite expect that. Like I was, ex- yeah. you know, I didn't see as much, uh, you know, mecha type stuff as I expected. Like not necessarily Robotech per se, but you know, uh, just anything like, you know, Japanese robot. I didn't see nearly as much of that as I expected. I didn't see, you know, I, I, but I don't, you know, I don't know where the market really is on a lot of that stuff because I don't pay attention to it. Sure. Yeah. I get that. And the prices were crazy town. Yeah. And if you guys are still into that and that's what you do, man, respect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And everyone's got their thing. And, and if it makes you happy at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. But, um, but yeah, I, that's why, I mean, that and other reasons, but like, that's why I've like significantly reduced like, I really haven't been buying anything new because it's just like, even the prices of new stuff is like, okay, they're starting to price me out of, of things. Like I love that Joe classifies. Those are the only things I'm really kind of still looking at this, this day and age. Cause everything else I'm like pretty satisfied with what I have. But like, even those it's like, okay, we started out at 20, we're up to 25, like creeping up to 30, right? You get up to 30. Then I really have to, I have to really love the figure you get to 35, I'm done. Like, I just don't, like, <laughs> so. It wasn't so much the price hikes as I came to the conclusion with the classified line is that I love the line, but I also, you know, made this realization about me as a kid. I had my favorites. Yeah. And that's what I want. Right. I don't, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, oh man, this is so cool. But I never had that the, that version of the toy as a kid, and right. the initial like "Holy shit, this is awesome!" wears off, and I'm like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, well, and that's the thing that uh, like um, Scott Romansky, who's a longtime listener of the show, um, awesome guy. He's all in on Joe Classified. I get that. Like that's you know that's that's his thing. That's what he's like. That's his focus, and that's like I'm like that's really awesome that you're all in, and like and I know it makes him happy. I love the figures too, but I have also approached it this kind of same way as you, which is like, okay, this has to be a favorite character of mine. And it, and it has to be a, for the most part, it has to be a figure I had as a kid. Their major blood, I think was the one exception. Uh, everything else I, I had it. Well, I guess Baroness too. Uh, so there was a couple, but, uh, but Baroness was always a favorite character of mine. Major blood was never a favorite character of mine, nor did I have him as a kid, but that figure just looks so freaking awesome. <laughs> so, so I got it, but yeah, everything else has been like, okay, that was a favorite character of mine and, or I had the, um, the figure as a kid and that's kind of what I've stuck with, with everything else. It's just like, and even then it has to be a figure I like. It can't just be like, okay, I had it. So I'm going to, I feel obligated to get it. It's like, no, I didn't like how that one looked. So, um, and that's the thing, like, I, I think they're doing a phenomenal job with, oh, they're finally, like, kind of found out, like, what we want. Uh, but I still get nervous every time they announce a new figure, because I'm like, if they don't have pictures to show it yet, because I'm just like, 
Mm, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how. Like Dusty, I got. I got nervous for Dusty. And I'm sure you did too, because I know you have a huge love for that character. And I was just like, I wonder what Dusty's gonna look like. Now Dusty does look awesome. Same thing with Cover Girl. But I was. I was nervous with those ones because I'm just like, oh, are they? Are they gonna get these characters right? Um, they. They actually show a photo of Cover Girl. I can't I, remember now. I thought they did show a photo of her. I thought they did. I don't know. I got. I can't remember. It's all blurred. I forgot she was coming out. Yeah. Like, Zorana is a great example of this. Yeah. I think that figure looks tremendous. Yeah. And I love the box art. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that character holds no real appeal for me beyond that. Like, gotcha. Other than man, it looks fucking great. Yeah. Like, I I did have Zorana as a kid. I I yeah. never had I never had Zartan. I had Xandar and I had Zorana. So, but I just, I, I, I am at the point now where I'm like, I can't, yeah. it's not that I don't want to, it's just that I have to be realistic. Right. Well, and also the other thing for me is like, and I'm sure this is the case for you too, to, to an extent is, is the space. Like, where do I put it? <laughs> like, that's a real thing I have to think about nowadays when I, when I get anything is like, I have to be like, okay, where is this going to go? Cause if I don't have a place for this to go, I am not getting it because it, I already have a ton of shit that is that I don't have places for it to go, <laughs> and that's the stuff oh, I'm trying I to get rid of. Go go into a tub and then into my cell. Right, and that's where that's where every that's what I mean though. Like I don't want it going there. That's where they've all gone. <laughs> so I do have so I do have a Detoff uh, glass case that is just for GI Joe, and that's where my classifieds have been going into. So um so i do have a spot i still have room and i still have a spot for some of the upcoming ones that that i know are favorites of mine but um but yeah like like i said if i know it's going to just go down in the basement and sit down there no not just not going to do it anymore so yeah well just like that uh the his tank for Haslab. yeah man that thing is badass it is i love it and believe me i feel fomo because i really really want it and, but I have sat there and gone, where the hell am I going to put this thing? <laughs> thing is, it's like I backed that thing real fast. Yeah. Just because of the holy shit factor. I cannot believe how big that thing is. Yeah. And all the, all the, I mean, like, I don't care about the searchlight. Um, right. I would rather that not be there and knock the price down a little I bit. agree. Yeah. But at this point, for $300, you're getting that tank and plus four figures. Freaking figures. Yeah. You know, that's almost, you know, what, $100 worth of figures? At this yeah. Point? Oh, no, I think it's worth the money. I don't think it's even a money factor anymore, especially now that they have four figures included with it. I just, like, okay, where do I fit a small puppy in my house? <laughs> because the thing is, I'm debating, like, do I get a second one to sell? And i got to be realistic about, when the hell am I going to sell it? Let's be realistic. It's going to sit around for a couple of years, and then I'm going to take it to the freaking toy store and sell it for cheaper than I could fucking just go on eBay, but I don't want to be bothered with trying to sell it on eBay. Right. Well, so, and, and also they're shipping something that huge, so. Yeah, it's not cheap. Um, but yeah, like, I've got large things in my house that I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like, I have the Black Series TIE Fighter. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that thing. And, like, it was awesome. I love, I think it looks really cool. I have no spot for it. So, like, that was something that popped in my head. Um, I have the ad, I have an ad at Walker sitting right next to me right now. And thankfully there's room for it right now, but I'm planning on getting a different desk. And once that happens, there's not gonna be room for the ad at Walker anymore. <laughs> so and I've got like Metroplex and Fortress Maximus. Like those are huge figures. I, 
they're down in the basement right now because I don't know. Like, and all they do is they just stand up someplace, but I have no place for them to stand up. So they're like Ryan, why don't you play with us? Right, exactly. So, so yeah. So it, like I said, I believe me. I think that his tank looks amazing, and I think it's totally worth the money, um, especially with the four figures included. I just can't can't do it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm sure when it shows up in like five years from now, um, the surprise of my wife, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right. Uh, mistakes were made. Right. Right. Decisions were made. And, uh, yeah. Though yeah. I'm almost tempted to go, uh, with the Super 7, the Ultimates line. Yeah. Because I finally got, uh, my Disney Robin Hood Prince John's in. Oh my god! Oh, god, these are cool figures. And yeah, like, you you didn't tell me you got those. I remember yeah, you kept yeah, waiting I, I for them. I'm yeah, with uh, Sir Hiss right now. Uh, yeah, I have not opened them yet. I only opened them enough to see what they looked like, and that and then I put them back in the box. <laughs> no, I, I have I have Prince John choking out Sir Hiss uh, nice. right here on my desk. Nice, but they're oh, god damn it, they're cool. They are. And they're the problem, amazing. same thing is, is like I'm like, oh, nope, 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 nope. Eric, be reasonable. Yeah, you can't go down that rabbit yeah. hole. Like I might get, you know, like the Cobra Trooper and depending on which one they release here or there, but yeah. The standard like dozen or so that we usually get them probably yeah. won't. But I mean I, I I got my favorites coming, but Yeah, Flint. Again, I was like, yeah, I was I was even more selective with them than I was with the classified. <laughs> so I almost that's the problem is I look at like they're both really cool lines. Yeah. But yeah. I think I like the Ultimates better. Well, I'm I I would say I I agree for the simple fact that there's more nostalgia there for me with the Ultimates line because I grew up with the cartoon. I really wasn't a, the, a GI Joe comic book reader as a kid, but I was a heavy cartoon watcher of GI Joe. Absolutely. So yeah, so those hold a lot more meaning for me. Um, so yeah. We'll see, but yeah, those Super 7 Disney figures are just incredible. Um, but yeah, I've got like Pinocchio and I've got, uh, Prince John and, um, Fantasia Mickey. I think those were the I, three. I have, I have, well, the thing is I bought two of the Prince Johns because one I'm playing with literally right now. Right. And something I got the, uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey, but just because yeah. it's, it's cool. Yeah. And I told you, like, there's certain ones that they do them, I'm going to be like, God damn it. And I, I still want them to do them, but I'm just like, cause like, if they do Sword in the Stone, I'm, and they do like Merlin and Arthur, I'm screwed. <laughs> you would not be the only person I know that would be like, Oh dear. Oh, right. Jesus, give it to me. Right, right. But it's like, I mean, that's, that's like one of those movies for me where it's like, it just, it has a special place for me. And then like, it, I just love that movie. So, and there's not much out there. Uh, related to that movie as far as like figures or anything like that. Like they did pop vinyl ones and stuff, but yeah, there's really... how much of that stuff has started to show up in the Disney parks. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So, but all right. So you ready to do this, this special missions thing? Yes. Now that we've chatted for like an hour. And... Right. Exactly. And I don't know how long this will last. This might be quick. It might be short or it might be quick. It might be short. Might be, might be quick, might be long. I don't know. So uh, hopefully if, it's not the uh, the quick version that that women don't like, right? <laughs> so so here's my question to you because we got I sent you the scenarios for each one. I'll explain to the audience what everything is, 
But I sent the scenarios to you, so you knew all four scenarios before starting to pick uh, your teams and everything else. I feel like you have to know the scenarios in order to pick. <laughs> right. So my thought is, like, if someone wanted to do this, like, play along at home, they could pause the show and then make their list and then come back. So I feel like it's important to read all four scenarios first, and then we can get into each one. So this way, a listener, if they hear all four scenarios, they can then go and make up their, their list. So that sound good? Sure. Okay. Um, so the idea behind this is it's Cobra Special Missions. You are in charge of putting together a Cobra team. And, and Eric, if I forget any aspect of this, please feel free to jump in. <laughs> so, so you put together a Cobra team to go up against a certain scenario, kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons type method where you, you have a scenario, you have some, you have something you have to deal with and you have so many agents and so many vehicles to choose to accomplish that mission. Um, there's four scenarios. The twist is, or the catch is, once you choose someone or uh, a character or a vehicle, you can no longer pick them for any of the other scenarios. So, uh, and you can choose troopers, you can choose dreadnoughts. It, it just has to be a Cobra affiliation. It has to be tied tied to the bad guys in some way. Um. And I'll go over each scenario and then what your criteria as far as how many you have to pick of each thing. Is that clear enough, Eric? Did, did I miss anything? Yeah. No, I, I'm totally with you here. Okay, cool. So, so I sent the, I sent the scenarios to Eric ahead of time. Uh, I typed them up last night. <laughs> so hopefully they were coherent because I was a little tired. Uh, so here's scenario one. So I'm going to read all four scenarios and, and for each scenario, I'll also tell you how many uh, uh, agents you have to pick, Cobra agents you have to pick, and how many vehicles. And then you can pause the episode and create your own list if you want to, and then come back and listen to see who we picked, see how it compares to your list. We, it, we're we not doing a whole campaign. Like I mentioned, it's kind of like Dungeons & Dragons as far as there being a scenario, but we're not doing a campaign or anything like that. The only thing that we have to do, and you can do it mentally yourself, is... You pick someone, you have to at least explain why you're picking them. It could be either here's what they're going to do in the scenario or the mission, or I think their specialty will be helpful, or it could be, I even said to Eric, I was like, it could be as easy and dumb as, hey, I really like this character and I haven't used him yet. <laughs> so you just have to have some reason. It could be simple or it could be complex as to why you were picking them. Uh, if you want to elaborate into here's what they're going to do and here's how they're going to accomplish it. That is completely up to you. Um, but, uh, but that's, that's the rules. So, uh, scenario number one, you had the Joes captured, but thanks to some bungling, they have escaped from the silent castle. They have worked their way down into the sewer system due to the lift trooper. If you remember that from an earlier episode, uh, <laughs> leaving the manhole cover off of the hatch. The Joes just need to make it through the short line of sewer tunnels and through the dense jungle swamp that surrounds the castle. You know you may be able to get a couple of them before they leave the sewer line, but you'll need to get the rest after they exited into the jungle swamp. The Joes who have escaped are Duke. I picked Duke because I figured he was probably likely to be captured. <laughs> Rakondo, Spirit, 
Tunnel Rat, Footloose, and Snake Eyes. And yes, I picked people that I thought would do well in the jungle. <laughs> they, I, I, I figured, I, I think I figured that. Based yeah, I, I, it's it's not a well-kept secret. <laughs> well, just in general, like all the scenarios, the Joes that you threw into these all feel to me like semi-appropriate. They to- make sense for the scenario, yeah. Um, they are on foot. Uh, but they have been able to retrieve their weaponry that they came with from the from Cobra before taking their leave. Who do you take with you? You can select five Cobra agents. One of them must be a trooper class character and two vehicles. So that's scenario number one. Scenario number two, the Joes captured the Weather Dominator and mainframe of the Joes was able to hack into the device and is now controlling the weather conditions surrounding Joe, the Joe battle platform. Uh, and it has caused some crazy conditions all around them. You want your device back before they can get it to the Joe base and reverse engineer it. To the north and west of the platform is a blizzard. Uh, a blizzard is set in, in which... Uh, has caused the sea to freeze over, creating an ice bridge from land to the platform. Approaching from this side gives you a a thick sheet of ice to approach the platform, but you're also having to deal with the heavy blizzard conditions, and these are the sides of the platform with the missile launcher and the heavy cannon ready to fend off enemies. On the east and south side, you have heavy rain and rains and storms, Lightning is crackling all around, and extremely large tidal waves are emanating out from the platform that could potentially topple a ship. The platform is being manned by Flint, Shipwreck, Torpedo, Cutter, Lady J, Mainframe, and Deep Six in the Shark. Who do you take with you? You can select six Cobra agents and three vehicles. Scenario number three. It's a race for space, or at least a race to stop the Joes from going into space. Cobra has multiple satellites in space. Each one is targeting a major city in the U.S. with a weapon that could erase all life in those locations. The Joes plan to get up there and destroy the satellites before it's too late. They have two hours to do so and plan to take the Defiant up with a team to complete the mission. The Defiant is prepared to launch in the next 20 minutes, so you don't have much time to waste. You need to either eliminate the Joes preventing anyone from going up or destroy the Defiant itself. The Joes on site are Hardtop, Payload, Ace, Law & Order, Mutton Junkyard, Lieutenant Falcon, Sergeant Slaughter, Beachhead, Cover Girl in the Wolverine, and Wild Bill in the Dragonfly. A lot lot of Joes there. Uh, Who do you take with you? You can select eight Cobra agents, two of which must be trooper characters, and three vehicles. And then last but not least, scenario number four. It's finally time to invade G.I. Joe headquarters. The Joes have been a pain in your side for as long as you can remember. They have constantly stopped your plans for global domination. It's time for payback and to take out their center of command. You may choose uh, stealth, you may choose an all-out blitz, or somewhere in between. All you know is that you have to annihilate the Joe base completely and everyone in it. The Joes inside the base are General Hawk, Stalker, Rock and Roll, Scarlet, Roadblock, Quick Kick, Dial Tone, and Low Light. Clutch and Breaker are outside the, uh, the front of the base in a vamp. Steeler is next to them in a Mobat. And Dusty is on a Ram. I had to get Dusty in there somewhere for you. 
So yeah, right. <laughs> Who do you take with you? You can choose ten Cobra agents and four vehicles. If you could tell, we kept escalating how many <laughs> you can bring with you. <laughs> so those are the four scenarios. And uh, so, you, again, you can pause the episode if you want, make your list up. You can rewind if you need to to hear what the scenarios were again uh, and how many you need. Uh, but uh, you can make your list, and then you can come back and see who Eric and I chose. Uh, I know it got very interesting when you got down to, like, okay, I need, still need a few more spots. So, all right, Eric. So, scenario number one, which is the escape from the silent castle. Who who were your agents, and what were your vehicles, and why? Well, as the leader of the group, I I chose Crocmaster. Okay. Because, well, it's a freaking swamp and sewers. (laughs) What better way to have a guy who controls alligators and crocodiles in there to eat them? Right. The people. Uh. Then I took Copperhead because okay. he'll be rolling around on the water moccasin, yep. uh, you know, looking for people. Mm-hmm. Took Raptor because of the bird. Oh, the bird okay. Helps, the bird can help scout. Um, then I took uh, Televipers because swamps suck and they can help <laughs> communicate. And then finally I have Zarana running around with the swamp, uh, the Dreadnought uh, Swamp Fire. Okay. So... That's what I got for that. Very nice. So I know you had the Swamp Fire. What, was there another vehicle that you had? I, I don't remember. Water moccasin. Oh, that's right. The Water Moccasin. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I did think of the Water Moccasin. I did not pick that one. but um, So I I had as my leader uh, Zartan because he, he knows the swamps, and he can he can hide to sneak up on the Joes if he needs to. Um. I also picked Crocmaster for the exact same reason you said. I said he could send gators through the sewer system after him. <laughs> yeah, plus, isn't he supposed to be like the secure Cobra security guy? Yes, yes, there? yep, exactly. So he, he definitely knows like the ins and outs of the base and everything. Um, I picked uh, Jungle Viper, especially going into the jungle swamps and everything else. I, that, I realized there was a Jungle Viper. Yeah, I, I looked in, uh, what was it? In the G.I. Joe versus Cobra, the Essential Guide by Pablo Hidalgo, and oh, they were they were I, listed oh. in there, and I had to look them up to see what they looked like, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I remember, I remember those. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, oh, they got vipers for everything else. Right, exactly. Yeah, and they had a bunch of crazy vipers listed in that book, but I was like, I'm gonna pick ones that like at least have been out there, like, and like I said, the Jungle Viper has had, I think, at least a couple figures done of it and everything. Um, I picked Storm Shadow. Because I figure we're going up against uh, Snake Eyes and Spirit, and it, depending on if you're in the cartoon universe or the comic book universe, you Storm Shadow's the perfect foil to take either one of them down. And then I picked uh, Pythona uh, from G.I. Joe the movie because she was amazing, like infiltrating like the swamps around the the Terradrome. So I thought, okay, she she can handle herself. Uh, also, kind of like a ninja, so she can also handle. Uh, snake eyes. Uh, so yeah, I thought she she could be she's very nimble. So I th- felt like she could kind of get around. Um, the vehicles I chose, I also chose the Dreadnought Swamp Fire for. I mean, come on, it's it's yeah. called the Swamp Fire. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that so it serves a dual purpose of yes, flying and can get down into the water. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, I picked the Trouble Bubble for aerial reconnaissance, so they could, they could fly over and, and 
uh, try to spot the Joes there in the, in the swamp. So, yeah, I was torn between the trouble bubble was the one I was like, what would make the better sense here between the moccasin and the swamp fire, the trouble bubble. And I was like, Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It was a tough choice. No. Cause I thought of the water moccasin also. And I was just like, Oh, that could be good. And if I already have the swamp fire, I don't really need the mock. I don't really need the trouble bubble, but I was like, well, wouldn't hurt to have two things up in the air and then one that could swoop down and get into the water. And I kind of saw the trouble bubble being kind of like almost like the speeder bike chase type thing where he's, you know, he could be swooping down in between the trees and everything else. So, all right. Scenario number two is the weather dominator. Who are your six agents and your three uh, vehicles? All right. I decided to go with the, probably the obvious, uh, dual pincer movement okay of snow serpents rolling down the ice with the cobra wolf okay um which is it's a later yep um you know like i recognize it but i was it's, like trying to think of a cobra snow vehicle that was one that i had come up yeah, with. yeah it's kind of like the uh the joe snowcat but the cobra version of that yeah. However, I almost went with the snake armor in place of that because those things are badass. I did think of that for a, a uh, couple scenarios and didn't use it for any of them. <laughs> so. The cobra eels coming up from underneath. Okay. Uh, along with, I just picked Major Blood as a leader because I wasn't sure who I really wanted to lead this. <laughs> Rolling in on a cobra moray uh, with a cobra sea ray for backup. And Torch Buzzer and Ripper jumping off those, jumping off the moray and wrecking shit on the platform because that's what they do. Yeah, that's good. So uh, I picked all of the three same vehicles as you, which <laughs> probably probably kind of obvious, but the Sea Ray is it's kind of a surprise that both of us would have picked it, but it makes sense because it's got that submarine attachment that or detachment that can that can go down on the water, so. I was looking for something that could maybe go up against the shark a little bit, and that that seemed to kind of fit the bill. Uh, I picked the Cobra Wolf. The, I did have the Cobra Wolf as a kid. I actually have one now, too, because uh, they did a more modern version of it. And uh, I loved that vehicle. The vehicle was awesome. Like, I didn't know much about it, but I really loved it. Um, and they've used it quite a few times in the comics in recent years. So, um, And then, yeah, I had the Moray, uh, the Hydrofoil. Because I thought, okay, that's kind of a bigger ship. Maybe it can handle the, the tidal waves a little bit better. Um, so I had, uh, agent-wise, I had the Ice Viper. He would drive the, the Cobra Wolf. I had the Snow Serpent, because, again, you need the troops that can handle the the blizzardy conditions. Um, I had the Eel, same reason as you. Thought it could kind of attack from below. Um I had uh, Nemesis Enforcer because I figured he came from Cobra Law, which was up in the in the snow and everything else. I figured he he's kind of hardy; he can kind of handle the bad conditions, and he can fly. So, uh, and his wing, wings are kind of like that leathery bat type thing, so it probably can handle the, the harsh winds and everything. Uh, I had a Televiper because I need someone to be able to turn the weather dominator off. <laughs> so. <laughs> and uh funny you picked this person to lead your group because I also picked Major Blood to lead this group because uh, I said he I needed someone who thrives in chaos and I felt like Major Blood someone that could handle like this crazy situation so so yeah when you said uh, Major Blood was leading your group I'm like oh my god that's hilarious so all right scenario three you have to stop the shuttle. All right. 
Um, my first choice was the Night Raven. Okay. Because that sucker's fast, can fly high, can do a lot of damage up in the sky. Yeah. I didn't realize I didn't mean to uh, rhyme that. <laughs> uh, then Thrasher and Road Pig rolling in on the Thunder Machine because Road Pig will just same thing. You go over there and smack around the uh, <laughs> the shuttle so it can't get off the sky. Right, right. Um, I also picked as my leader in this case would be Destro. Okay. Just because. Okay. Um, but accompanying him would be also Scrap Iron driving the Stinger. Okay. Um, and then you got you got the Crimson Twins with the Crimson Guard and the Crimson Vipers. Okay. So. They're just there a, because a sea of crimson, yeah. Yes. Um, so I figured a little bit of air, a little bit of land, um, you know, the stinger and scrap iron being a little bit of a standoff artillery that they could bombard while, you know, other people are getting in close. Yeah. So. So uh, once again, you got two of my three vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> so I said the Cobra Knight Raven for all the same reasons you said, you know, it's, it's fast, it's huge. Uh, like it, it, it also has that mini sh- ship that comes off of it and, you know, add a little bit extra firepower, but it's also, I remember it having like some massive like bombs on it and everything else. So, um, but yeah, I thought it could get in there quick and, and take it, take stuff out. Um, which is also the reason why I also picked the Thunder Machine. Because that's a quick vehicle. You can race in. You got that Gatling gun on the front of it. Just do some serious damage. You can get in and get out. Um, and then I picked the uh, Cobra Fang as my third vehicle. Because I figure, again, aerial supports. We're trying to prevent that shuttle from taking off. It can fly in. Probably take care of. Uh, not take care of, but at least maybe occupy. Because uh, I think this is the one with Wild Bill in the Dragonfly. So uh, I figure uh, that can help prevent take up some some of his time and everything else um i have leading my group uh the baroness because i needed someone that could be quick on their feet and level-headed in in all the the quick action so i thought she was a good candidate for that um this is uh, again pulling from uh from that joe versus cobra book of vipers uh the flak vipers because they have anti-aircraft weaponry um i also picked regular vipers uh just for suppressive fire uh, and then I picked a Strato Viper because it's going to be flying the Night Raven, but also probably has some knowledge about, you know, flight things like possibly knows about the Defiant. Um, I had uh, Ripper because I figured he'd go like like you were saying they go in and tear shit up. I figured Ripper can actually like if he gets onto the Defiant could like pry open the cockpit, <laughs> and, like tear it up and pull them out. Well, literally, like I think when they got introduced in the comics, they were wrecking Sky Strikers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then a bat, because I figured he's good can fodder, plus they don't really s- just stop, you know, they, they have to be completely destroyed. Um, and then, uh, my ace in the hole would be, uh, Firefly, because he, he would plant explosives on the shuttle and he always gets his mission accomplished. So, um, I figure if he's on the team, it's, it's good as done. So, all right, scenario number four, attack on Joe headquarters. Who are your ten members and your four vehicles? This is where I decided to just drop the hammer on everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, first choice is the Maggot, which was the long-range artillery. Yeah. Uh, like 
train tank thing. Yep, I almost picked that myself. Yep. Um, to go with along with that is, I also then split it up between sneaky types and just pure just destruction types. Mm-hmm. Zartan, Storm Shadow, Firefly, and Pythona all sneaking in and causing havoc inside. Nice. And being all sabotaging and stuff. While Serpentor is leading Metalhead, the Cobra Troopers, uh, Nemesis Enforcer, and Normal and Bats. Yeah, you, you're bringing the big guns for yeah. sure on you this one. Base, man. <laughs> um, at the same time, you're going to have, you know, not only do you have the Maggot, but you'll have the ground supporter, the, the t- his tanks and the Cobra stuns. Nice. And then you'll have Wild Weasel flying, uh, flying that rat, that rattler up there. Yeah. Giving air support. Nice. Yeah. I almost picked the, uh, the, uh, stun for the, the shuttle one because they're, they're quick vehicles and stuff like that. But very nice. That's awesome. Uh, so I have, uh, some of the same vehicles. Uh, we'll, but I have leading my, uh, leading the charge. I have Destro because I want success and he's a good tactician. Um, I have Wild Weasel also. He will be flying the Rattler. Uh, Destro will be coming in on a, on a Hiss tank. Uh, I have his Iron Grenadier with him as well as the Crimson Guard, uh, cause they're just elite troopers on, awesome on a battlefield. I also, again, I pulled, I pulled from that G.I. Joe versus Cobra book, which is just an awesome book. Um, I'm not plugging it. It's just, it is an awesome book. <laughs> um, Neo Vipers, which are like enhanced Vipers. They've been, they've been medically enhanced, uh, to be like bigger, stronger, faster, more intense. Um, <laughs> that caught me off guard. <laughs> Uh, saw vipers because they they have that mini chain gun. Um, and then I got scrap iron because he's uh armored vehicle destroyer. Uh, he that's his specialty. I have monkey wrench because he's an explosive specialist. And then much like you were talking about, as far as some little bit of stealth going on, I pick wraith from the uh, devil's do run. Totally forgot about that guy. Yeah, he's he can infiltrate, he can camouflage, and uh, he can sneak in and lower defenses for me. So, and then my vehicles. Uh, I mentioned the his tank. I mentioned the rattler. I also have the stinger, especially with the vamp being there. I was like, that's a good good counterpoint. And then I picked the cobra mamba because uh, I figured it, it's, it's nice air support along with the rattler, and then you can launch those pods into the headquarters. Is the Mamba the weird, like, helicopter-looking... Yeah, it's got... It's the helicopter with three... It's got three heads on it, and the two heads can pop... Can shoot out, like, flight pods. And as I figured, like, it can shoot the two heads into the base, and uh, they can wreak some havoc that that way, so... But... So those were mine. So... So see, it didn't take long. (laughs) But also two of us. Right, yeah, that's true. And it's not like we're competing, like, if we were drafting the teams. and right. No, you can't. Right. Oh, oh dear God. <laughs> but it was a fun experiment. Like, I was trying to think. I really gave it a lot of thought. And it's funny, like, you and I both came up with similar reasons for certain scenarios. And honestly, when I was writing them, I thought of the Joes. When I was writing them, I didn't even think about who I would pick 
for Cobra. Again, it was late at night, so I wasn't really thinking ahead. I was just like, okay, what Joes and what Joe vehicles would be good in these particular scenarios? And then I was like, I'll worry about how I counter them tomorrow when I'm figuring this out. So Picking the Joe teams would be easier because there's more Joes than there are. Right. Because the vast majority of Cobra are just... You know, Cobra Trooper number 233. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, and I felt like that presented a, another challenge. And the, this is the other thing, which, you know, again, if I had thought about it in advance, I would have, I would have kind of mapped things out a little bit better. But I didn't know how many agents to tell you to take. Like, I just kept increasing how many. And, I, and then when you were telling me, like, okay, I've already used half of the Cobra people. <laughs> and I was like, Oh crap, should I have done less people? <laughs> yeah, the vehicles were a hell of a lot easier to pick than yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean some some of the scenarios were, in my opinion, obvious as to who just some of the characters should be. Sure. Sure. Uh, but some of it's just like, okay, well, you know, like I was mostly going through just the three and three quarter action figure list on Yeah. I didn't even think about grabbing one of the uh like the the guides or whatever and look at that for whatever reason. Yeah, I had my, so I had my GI Joe, uh, the ultimate guide, which is the action figure, you know, book. And I went through that, but then I was like, Oh wait, I've got this GI Joe versus Cobra book, which was based off the devil's do run. And I was like, I'm willing to bet there's some characters in here. I haven't even thought of. And that's when I came across Wraith and I came across a few of the Vipers and everything. So. Yeah. Or, or, or also like Python patrol versus, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, it, but it was just like, okay, well, does a Python Viper, Python Patrol Viper count as a normal Viper? Like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I tried to stay away from from that. Like when I was picking Vipers and stuff, I tried to pick like kind of unique style Vipers. Um, they had ridiculous ones in there too. They have like kitchen Vipers, <laughs> and basically they do exactly what it sounds like. They cook. <laughs> you, know, you gotta eat, right? Armies yeah, but, march on their stomachs, man. Right, but are they but are they vipers? <laughs> is my point. <laughs> or are they just the cooks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they can maybe fight. They've got left vipers, why not? Yeah, maybe they can fight. Who knows? Do they have pallet jack vipers? Uh no, not that I know of. <laughs> let me let, actually I'll I'll bring it up. I'll I'll read you through the, the Account vipers? Uh they might have something like that. I would think they all work for extensive enterprises. Right. So, um, so this doesn't count things like, uh, Iron Grenadiers or, um, Crimson Guard or anything like that. This is strictly Viper specific characters. So there's, uh, Aero Vipers, uh, they're fixed wing pilots, Air Vipers, which are Air Force trainees, Alley Vipers, uh, which yeah. we know oh, those. Alley Vipers. I, I almost picked Alley Vipers cause those are pretty badass, uh, fighters. Um, they said they're the Cobra equivalent of police SWAT or British SAS units specializing in inner city warfare. So, so they could have been good for maybe the space shuttle one. I don't know. Exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah. Uh, Astro Vipers. I did not pick them, but they're Cobra knots. I could have picked them for the space one, but, uh, the AVAX, the, their, the air Viper advanced class, uh, the bio Vipers, they're biogenetic mutants. Uh, Cyber Vipers, Desert Scorpions, also known as Desert Troopers. Um, I know those ones. Obviously, the Cobra Eels, uh, Electric Eels. The hell? <laughs> They're genetically modified moray and eel troops who are biologically capable of creating electrical discharge. 
Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fast Blast Vipers, they're anti-tank specialists. Uh, the Flak Vipers, I mentioned, they're anti-aircraft troopers. Frag Vipers, they're grenade throwers. Uh, gyro Vipers, guess what they are? They have gyros? <laughs> no. <laughs> or they're, or they're, 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 hella... they're fans of Greek food? <laughs> no, but that's a good guess. <laughs> that would be the Euro Vipers. <laughs> And they'd all be all be named like Tony, right? <laughs> or Nicholas. I'm sorry, Nicholas. Right. These are they're rotary wing pilots. So, uh, heat vipers, the high explosive anti tank vipers. Uh, vipers. I would have thought those would be like flamethrowers. Yeah. Now they're. It's an acronym. Heat. Yeah. High, so, yeah. High explosive anti tank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hello vipers which are battle copter troopers, so they're kind of a duplicate of the gyro vipers. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Aren't those ones that had, like, the little weird backpacks with the little, like... Uh, elite Cobra aviators personally screened by Cobra Commander himself. They are permitted to test fly experimental one-man combat vehicles. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then we have his tank uh, drivers, or his drivers, hydro vipers, uh the hell's a hydro viper that shoot water people? It says demons of the deep, surgically altered eels who can withstand nitri- nitrogen narcosis. Okay, so they basically they can stay down there and yeah, they have to worry deep. about going fucking crazy. Exactly. Okay. Uh, ice vipers, which we know those. Yeah. Uh, Imperial guard, so they're the elite guard. They're they're the ones that protect uh, Cobra leader. Uh, incinerators, and not those, the, those are the flamethrowers. Yeah. Jungle Vipers, I had mentioned. So here's the Kitchen Vipers. Food Services. The unsung heroes of the KP duty. Mm-hmm. These Cobras prepare meals for the rest of the military. <laughs> then we have the Lampreys, which are the hydrofoil drivers. Uh, laser Vipers. No surprise what that is. Uh, Meta Vipers. Medical Troopers. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Mega Vipers. These are monster trainers. Uh, okay. Monstro Vipers. They're biogenetic mutants. Uh, then we have the Mores, which are underwater elite. Uh, the Motor Vipers. Those are the ones that drive the stun. Uh, Neo Vipers. They're infantry officers. The, those are the ones I mentioned. They're genetically enhanced Cobra Vipers who are stronger and faster with greater endurance than unequipped regular infantry. Uh, then we have the Night Vipers. So they're uh, I've heard of them before. Ninja Vipers, because of course. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Nitro Vipers, they're detonator drivers. Um, the most elite of the Cobra track Vipers, uh, selected to pilot detonator tanks. Uh, para Vipers, air, obviously airborne infantry. Pit Vipers, uh, range Vipers, Razor Troopers, haven't heard of them before. Rock Vipers. Mountain Troopers, obviously. Sand Scorpions. I think we've heard of those before. And then there's Sand Vipers. Then there's the Saw Vipers. The Sea Slugs, uh, which are the, that's what came with the, uh, Sea, sea Ray or whatever it was. Um, Secto Vipers. That's the Bug Drivers. Oh. Yeah. Shadow Vipers. They're counterintelligence. Uh, Shock Vipers. They're fire assault troopers. Uh, sludge Vipers, they're the hazardous waste troopers. Uh, snow Serpents, we know those. Star Vipers, they're the stellar stiletto pilots. Okay. 
Straddle Vipers, Sub Sub Vipers, uh, Underwater Demolitions Vipers, uh, Swamp Vipers, they're Amphibious Assault Troopers, Techno Vipers, heard of them before, Televipers, uh, Terra Vipers, they're Demolitions, Toxo Vipers, they're Hostile Environment Troopers, Track Vipers, they're His Tank, His Two Drivers, and then Worms, Weapon Ordnance, Rugged yeah, machine specialists. Yep, exactly. And that is some seriously convoluted freaking uh, <laughs> organizational chart going on there. But yeah, and they got like a little explanation for each one of them. Uh, and then it goes into like some of the other, like the bigger known vipers and everything else. So, but uh, it, like I said, it's, a, it's an awesome book. I picked it up a long time ago. I don't remember. Yeah, I was just looking it up. It's not even on Amazon. You got to find it on eBay. Yeah, it's, I've had it for quite a while. But it's it's a good solid book. Um, yeah, it's the essential guide from 1982 to 2008 is what it says. I'm looking to see when this was published. It was published in 2009, so it's about 12 years old now, 13 years old now. Yeah, 13 years old now. So, but like I said, it, it was something I got a long time ago, and I was just I flipped through it and I was like, oh okay, like I think I got it when I was getting like Devil's Due comics and everything else. So. But it, it kind of filled in some gaps for me that I needed. But but that's everything. So like compare your list. We're we're not doing anything like who had the better list. I mean, you guys can say if you want to. That's fine. But the answer is always going to be who has snake eyes. Who has snake eyes, or in this case, maybe storm shadow. But we both had storm shadow, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you can say like who, whose teams do you think actually succeeded in their mission? Like we came up with good reasons why we have them, but. None of ours because Joe always wins. Joe always wins, right? <laughs> so, um, if they were smart, every time they captured Duke, they'd have just fucking shot him in the head. <laughs> right. That's what I would have done. And I, even if I was on the Joe team, I would have done it. <laughs> like, Duke, you're getting captured too much. I'm just going to shoot you, put you out of your misery. Oh, that reminds me. Um, the, the Joe 35th anniversary movie screening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about it. I took my kid to go see that. Nice. How'd he, that go? He really enjoyed it. That's awesome. That's like, okay, this it's not as bad as I remembered. No, I like it and and I I never really had much of an issue with it. There was just like there's certain things in it that I'm like, eh, but Yeah, it's you know, it's an eighties, you know, or cartoon movie. I mean yeah. what do you yeah. expect? But yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool to see it on the big screen. Yeah, well, and that intro is still, in my opinion, still the best cartoon intro to anything ever. So, well, that was the funny part is it's like we roll in, we're like ten minutes early because all assigned seating. There is nobody else in that theater but us. The oh two wow! Of us. And then all of a sudden, by the time the movie started, there were probably fifty people in the theater that fits like a hundred and fifty to two hundred people. Okay. So I was like, okay, it's not too bad. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. It was all older. Oh yeah, forty-something-year-old dudes, and then like maybe a couple of kids. Yeah. But, but no, I like I said, I like the movie. I mean, there's there's stuff in there that is still some of my favorite GI Joe stuff. I, like I said, the intro itself is just could I could just watch that all day long. But um, once a man, yeah. once a man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not one of my favorite parts. <laughs> But I do love, like, I do love the trainee stuff, like when they're, when Beachhead's putting them all through the ropes and everything else. I love that, because I like, I liked all the new characters. Well, um, I kinda, I remember watching that and going, I had every single one of those toys 
except for Big Lob. And then, like, I don't feel like that dude's ever showed up from anything ever again since then. Yeah, I well, they, they, they never did a figure for him until the uh, G.I. Joe Club did, did one. But even, like, even Jinx and Lono, all the rest of them showed up at other things. Oh, yeah. And no, yeah, we have. Kind of like, well, why did they forget about him? Yeah, no, we have not seen Big Lob. I think Big Lob appeared like in the back, in a background scene of something, in a comic one time. And I, that's the only thing I can think of, um, possibly like in the IDW universe. But yeah, they've never used him again. I don't know why. Maybe because of the way he talks or something. But yeah, they like, they've made, uh, Chuckles like a freaking amazing G.I. Joe. Badass, man. Yeah, yeah, he's like one of the coolest ones that came out of that. But, the, you know, they haven't done a lot with Law & Order either. No, but at least he's had comic spotlight issues. He has had comics, yeah, because uh, Shearer did a Law & Order issue, which was, that was a really good one, and I'm not just saying that because Shearer is a friend. I actually really liked that issue a lot, so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's weird that they've never like they've never even just inserted him somewhere in 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 something uh, just to try because again, Chuckles didn't say a damn thing, and they've made him an amazing character. You could do something with Big Lob. You could, I mean, geez, I mean, even even the Mercer, uh, Taurus, and and Red yeah. Dog have, have had stuff. Yeah, and well, and there that's another group that I really liked out of it because I really liked the uh, that. Uh, was the Slaughter's Marauders? I really, I really liked that group, um, and I would actually like to see more of them, especially Mercer. Mercer is like awesome. I love, I love any character that used to be the bad guy that has, you know, has seen the error of his ways and has come to the good side. Need to breathe. Yep. Yeah. So, like, like I said, there's stuff in there that I'm like is really awesome. And then yeah, and then you get this. They should have killed Duke in that. Oh, I 100% agree. They should have killed Duke, and that's not me. Bashing on Duke, I think it just oh, that was because of the reaction to kids watching to Optimus Prime, die yeah, die, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is why they brought Optimus Prime back. Plus, plus, no offense to anyone that's a Rodimus Prime fan, but Rodimus Prime was a pale comparison of a leader to Optimus. Um, I love Hot Rod. I just don't like Rodimus. I I never saw. I didn't see the movie until like I was in high school. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah, it was, I, I want to say, I don't know if it was a freshman or a sophomore in high school. Okay. I, I saw it in the theaters. Uh, I, I was obviously a huge Transformers fan, so I, I absolutely went and saw it. And then, yeah, and then when they, that didn't do well in the theater, um, that's why the G.I. Joe movie ended up being direct to TV. <laughs> um, and I remember watching it like when it aired the first time and then they turned it into one of those things where they did multiple episodes. Yeah. It was the, uh, the week long. Right. Yeah. Those like pyramid of darkness and stuff like that. Yeah. Pyramid of darkness. Yeah. All that jazz. Yep. But they, uh, but yeah, I remember watching the movie when it first came out on TV. So, um, yeah, that'd be cool to see that on the big screen. I I would like that. That would be really cool. I mean, it was really like, cause I've seen, I want to say I've seen the the Transformers animated movie I think twice on the big screen now because they every like five years yeah they, they bring it back yeah um, but it was neat like I mean if nothing else just to say okay cool like I've seen it yeah. on that screen and and that opening on that screen oh yeah that's what I'm saying like just oh, makes you can walk out after that if you really want I was gonna say after I would watch that I'd be like okay I'm good because <laughs> it's because that's the thing is that opening is so awesome like the rest of the movie could not live up to that. <laughs> 
Oh, and I do love this. I do love the opening scene also with Pythona. Like, I might not really care about Cobra Law that much, but I do think Pythona and Nemesis Enforcer are really cool characters. Um, they might not necessarily belong in G.I. Joe per se, but in that, in the cartoon universe, I guess they kind of do. But I thought Pythona was awesome. Like, she was, she's an amazing character. Um, again, another character I wish they would kind of do something with. So. Well, I, I assume she was dead, so. Yeah, but. But I'm saying, like in the comic world, they could they could oh, do something. Yeah, like that. I mean, they never really did anything with Cobra Law anyway. No, they, no, no, not really. I, I assume they probably a lot of people would probably hesitant to go down that route. Yeah, but you could do something with a character, and it doesn't have to be Cobra Law, but you could create a character like Pythona in the GI Joe universe. Well, especially with what they uh, did with Serpentor in uh, yeah. IDW. I guess it was the Cobra series. Yeah. I mean, why not have like Pythona be like one of his acolytes or right, like the number two or something, right? Or like you genetically engineered a, a Cobra agent or something. You know, like you could do stuff and, and introduce her a new way. Like do do what Star Wars is doing with a lot of the uh, legend legend stuff. Like bring that character back, but just revamp her for for uh, what you have. You could even do that with Nemesis Enforcer too. Just get rid of his wings or something like that, but you could still have him be like this muscle bound badass or something. Um, or you could give him wings, but just make him like artificial or something, you know, say make him like a backpack or something. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think there's things that they could do and, and who knows, maybe wherever GI Joe goes, maybe they will do something with them. Maybe so. Classified. We'll, we'll get to see like a, yeah, <laughs> you know, I might be on board for like a nemesis enforcer or a, a Cobra Law Trooper or something at a, at a six inch scale. Like, I think I would be too. Like I wouldn't get, I don't think I'd get Globulus, but I would, I, yeah, I'd be down for a Nemesis Enforcer, a Pythona and, uh, and like you said, a, a Cobra Law Trooper. Cause all of those looked really cool. They, they were cool designs. Yeah. Um, they just, it just was a kind of a bad story that it was centered around. So, um, but like I said, there's stuff in the GI Joe movie that I like, I'll probably, after we're done now, I'm probably going to go down and watch it. I haven't watched it in a while, so I'll probably go watch it tonight yeah, or, the, or this weekend at least. So, but. all right, my friend. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention before we go? Not really. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you can find us at StarJoes.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a fan page and a group page. If you ask to join the group page, as soon as I see that you're a real person and not a spam bot, uh, I will approve you. Uh, and we have a lot of fun. It's really cool community in there, putting a lot of fun stuff in, in there for you to enjoy, especially with say new comic con going on this weekend. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of stuff being posted. Um, and then, uh, there's Twitter, there's Instagram. I, I kind of just retweet other Joe and star Wars stuff that I see. Uh, I haven't done a whole lot as far as posting original material on Twitter, but you can follow us on Twitter and see stuff that other people posted. Um, Instagram, I kind of just lately have been just posting when new episodes come out, but I'm trying to think of things I could use Instagram for, uh, for the show because it is a cool platform for showing like cool images and everything else. Uh, the fan page on, on Facebook is pretty much just funny memes and cool images. So, um, so like I said, if you want to kind of like be part of a, of the community of Star Joes and kind of like talk about stuff and everything else, the, the fan, uh, or the group page on Facebook is probably the place to be. So. Um, but you can also call and leave us a voicemail. Uh, I actually do have one or two voicemails, but I, I, I kind of want to wait till there's just more than just you and me <laughs> together. Like hopefully John can join us sometime or, or somebody else. 
Uh, or if you want to hear John do, uh, uh, Shannon doing, yes, a Larry Hama, uh, listen to Talking Joe. Yeah, definitely and, check out those episodes. Those are hilarious. It cracks me up knowing knowing both Shannon and John and and Larry a little bit. Yes, and to me it's funny as hell. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, check that out. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, like I said, we have a couple of voicemails. Uh, I will I will definitely play them next time we're all together, even if it ends up just being Grub and I. Uh, I'll play them because they're they're overdue at this point. And uh, but with that, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. See ya.